When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. The faith confession is at the bottom of the screen. This will be the last time you use this faith confession uh, because on Tuesday night we're going to shift into the new faith confession. So it's the last time. Somebody say it's the last time. I need you to be okay with periods. Ooh, I said a word right there. Let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, it's the last Sunday of the year. It's the last Sunday of the decade. Father, we need a word to help us end strong. So I say take over this atmosphere, take over this microphone, take over every digital campus and speak to us. Can I get everybody to say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, where there needs to be a comma, put it. Where there needs to be a period, put it. Where we need to begin some things, give us the grace to do it. Where we need to end some things, give us the grace to do it. Why? Because you're the God that's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Speak to us now. We're ready to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. So guys, this is the last week of our series 2020, and so far we have learned that sight is what we see, but vision is what? How we see it. It has a word, uh, there's a word for that, which begins with P, it is the word perception. We've learned that our perception can be poisoned by one of four sources. You should know these real good by now. You've heard them uh, consistently over the last month. First, your perception can be poisoned by what? People. Can Can I tell you something? I can always tell when somebody's around negative people because they begin to see things like the negative people they're around. Be careful who you date. Be careful who you call your friend. Be careful who you hang out with because if you're not careful, they stink will get on you. Come here. 
What do you mean stank? If they have a poison perception about life, a poison perception about men, a poison perception about women, a poison perception about leadership, a poison perception about God, a poison perception about serving, that will be projected onto you. And you'll end up taking on feelings and emotions for people, watch me, that won't even be around in six months. Come here. You got to be careful that you don't allow somebody to poison you because they've been poisoned. Listen, that's for you, but that's not for me. Can I get you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I release any poison perception because of other people. Number two, your perception can be poisoned because of problems. When you have a lot of problems, your, poison, or your perception can be poisoned. And so now, whenever you deal with a lot of problems, sometimes you can take on the spirit of your circumstances. So because your circumstances are unyielding, you become unyielding. Because your circumstances are challenging, you become a challenge to deal with. Because your circumstances have a nasty disposition, you can have a nasty disposition. And I need you not to take on the spirit of what you were sent to solve. Could it be that the reason, watch this, there are some problems that have been lingering throughout this year is because you took on the spirit of those problems rather than telling those problems, I'm the end to you. Come here. I'm the end to this dysfunction. I'm the end to this drama. I'm the end to this mess. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I rebuke and I renounce poison perception because of problems. Third thing that can poison your perception is the past. And let's face it, guys. We all have some junk in our trunk. Come on here. We all have some baggage in our baggage in our baggage. Y'all ain't said nothing. We all got big baggage and we cannot lie. Them other bishops tried to deny. We all have baggage from our past, what you've been through, what you've gone through, who cheated on you, who lied to you, who did you wrong, what happened last year, what happened 10 years ago. Listen, I need you to learn how to let go of what was so you can embrace what is. Check this out. Paul said, listen, I haven't figured out everything. He says, but this one thing I figured out how to do. I forget those things that are behind me and I press forward. I need some of you to just watch this. Do this with me. Would you just put your hand out there like that? What am I doing? I'm reaching forward to what's in my future. Watch me. I can't change my past. And that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness gives up hope that I can do anything about the past. I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. But let me tell you what I can't change. My future. And I'm looking at some of y'all and I'm seeing you in your future and you looking a whole lot better than you do right now. And here's the truth. You don't look bad right now. The last thing that can poison your perception is pain. And we talked about often this woman who is referred to as Jabez's mother. Interestingly enough, we don't quite uh, see her name that uh, uh, that poignant and that uh, pronounced in the text. We see his name. Uh, she names him pain because she conceives him in pain. And you got to be careful, watch this, that you don't name things permanently because of temporary situations. I posted something on social media that's so true, and I hope that you get it. Check this out. Um, you didn't start because of them. So you shouldn't stop because of them. You have too many people that affect your yes. Come on here. You have too many people that get in your way. You have too many people, watch this, where you will allow the pain of a situation to poison your perception. And so watch this. You know somebody that's in pain because everything they say, listen, it normally it's too much extra. Ooh. Can, can, can you just touch somebody next to you and say, watch your extra? See, watch this. They don't just answer the question. They want to give you 55 reasons. 
for the reason I didn't do this. Baby, ain't nobody asked you all that. I asked you about one thing. Well, you know, I'm just trying to say, I'm just, listen, you're in pain. And your pain normally has nothing to do with what you're in right now. It has something to do with what has happened already. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I release myself from the prison of pain. Say it again. I release myself from the prison of pain. Now, watch this. Let's move. Uh, poison perception, we learned last Sunday. Last Sunday's message was a beast. You better hear me. It can cause what? False expectations. What is that? It means I am basing my expectation off of something that's unrealistic. It's artificial. It's not real. And I'm basing my expectations off of that. So what does that create? That creates disappointment, which creates discouragement. And if discouragement goes unchecked, discouragement turns into depression. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now take this out. Number one of a false expectation that we have is we expect success without suffering. What's suffering? It's coping with internal pressure from opposing forces. What are the opposing forces? What God said versus what I'm seeing. Sometimes I can read something amazing that God says, but because of what I'm seeing, there's a conflict. And that conflict now creates suffering because I am dealing with it. Watch me internally. So there may be a smile on your face, but suffering in your heart. Let's talk. There may be a shout on your lips, but there may be suffering in your mind. There may be praise in your hands, but suffering in your head. I wish you would be honest today that 2019, you've had to deal with some suffering. I'm the only one. I wish you'd be honest that in 2019, you had opposing forces that were in you. When you wanted to do right, but here go wrong. When you wanted to say yes, but here go no. When you want to do right by God, but here come the enemy. I need you to tell the truth. Slap somebody, high five, say, I dealt with some suffering this year. And it leaves you with the feeling of no options, but what? But bad ones. It makes you feel like there is no option except to do something that I know I ought not do, but that's the thing that, I'm, watch me, that I'm typing out this email to do. Let me get in your business. I know I ought not do it, but that's the thing I'm typing out this text to do because this, this suffering I'm dealing with has got me thinking that there's no way out except to do what I know that I ought not do. And so we talked about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he creates false expectations of his process with God. See, God makes these promises to him. He says, Jeremiah, you're going to be my prophet. You're going to be my mouthpiece. I'm going to set you above kingdoms. I'm going to set you above nations. I'm going to make you a fortified city. He says, listen, uh, people are going to hear you. And, and when they hear you, your word is going to be like, dog, it's going to be amazing. Jeremiah thinks, this is amazing. Everything is going to be amazing because I just got a promise. Ooh, let me get in your business. Everything's going to be amazing because I just spoke great words. Everything's going to be amazing because I finally got some people around me that seem to be on the same team as me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. He thinks it's going to be amazing, but he expects success without suffering. And in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7, here's what he says. Here's what Jeremiah says to God. Oh, Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. He says, you're stronger than me. You prevail. Everybody's laughing at me. Everybody's mocking at me. Now, here's what's amazing is Jeremiah accuses the Lord of lying. Stop. You got to be some type of crazy. To not just say, watch me. Not to say, Lord, I misunderstood. To say, Lord, you lied. Okay, let me help some of the parents in the room. If your child comes to you and tells you you a lie, 
I know you love Jesus, but just let us know how much your bond is. Listen. Just let us know where to come get you at. And we'll get you some white robes for when, when they bailing you out. Jeremiah has the audacity. And here's what's dangerous about false expectations. You'll turn on the wrong person. See, when you got false expectations, you'll turn on the one you need. <laughs> you'll turn on your help. Think of the children of Israel. They kept turning on Moses, not realizing Moses was the only one that was going to be able to get them to where they were going. I pray that your false expectations don't have you turning on the wrong person. I pray your false expectations don't have you quitting the wrong thing. Some of you have said yes to the wrong thing because it was the easy thing. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Say no false expectations. But here's what God actually promised. He's, he accuses the Lord of lying to him. But look at what God actually promised. What God promised him in Jeremiah 1.19. This is the actual promise. See, if you grew up in church, you heard things like this, just standing on his promises. Well, what did he promise? I'm just trusting in his word. What is his word? Where's his word? Where's his word? Here's what he promised Jeremiah. They're going to fight you. So let me, know, let me tell you how I know God is with you. Who you trying to help is who's fighting you. Y'all, they go talk to me. You don't want nothing from them. You're just trying to help them, but they give you hell. They will fight against you, but they won't prevail. I need you to put one of your hands in the air and say, I'm still winning. Say it again. Say, I'm still winning. They fighting, but I'm winning. They hollering, but I'm winning. They throwing blows, but I'm laying hands. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He says, for I am with you. So what's this promise? I'm with you. There's a word for that, Emmanuel. The whole Christmas season, God is with us. See, notice, him being with you didn't remove the war. I need you to hear me, because sometimes you have the false expectation, and we say, if God be for me, who can be against you? Well, the only way that's going to be proofed and proven, watch me, is that they have to come against you. Then when you win, you say, if God be for me. Who? In other words, I know this because I watched them try. Come here. Who in 2019 some stuff has tried to take you out, tried to take you down, tried to shut you down? Where are you at? And I need you to just give God three seconds of worship that you won anyhow. Go. Three. Go. Two. One anyhow. One. Somebody holler, I win. He says, I'm with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. What does this mean? What does this mean? He says, you're going to be in some stuff where it's going to look like it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, beep, beep, Uber, Uber's going to show up and get you out of there. Y'all miss what I just said. Y'all miss what I just said. He says, you're going to be in some stuff where you're going to be, watch this, you're going to have internal pressure that's fighting one another and it looks like you have no options except bad ones and God says Jeremiah right when it looks like you got a bad option right when you think that's the only thing you can do all of a sudden check your phone would you touch your neighbor and say check your phone because if I check it again I'll realize my deliverance just showed up and I need somebody to hit me in this building today God says you still got three days and I need you not to give up because deliverance is on the way what does it mean to deliver it means it's going to take me from where I'm at to where I want to go 
So when we talk about deliverance, if you grew up in church, you think deliverance means snotting on the floor and spinning and all that. And there's nothing bad with that. But what real deliverance is, it means I was in a bad space. Beep, beep. He picked me up and took me to a good space. I was having bad thoughts, but then he picked me up and took me to some productive thoughts. I was feeling real discouraged and disappointed, and it almost bled over into depression, but beep, beep, he picked me up and got me to where I was going. Can I get you to say, thank you, Jesus? So there's another man I want to talk about. This word about to bless me. There's a verse I'm going to read, and if you see me run, that's y'all's cue to come sing something, all right? Just sing something. Watch. Say Joshua. There's another man's expectations, but his expectations are realistic. See, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, and we look at that, and we see that he deals with a lot, but it's because of his expectations. See, his sense of failure was because of his false expectations. Some of you feel like you're not very far because you feel that way. That's not reality. That's your false expectations. See, what you don't know is what 2019 has produced is the best version of you yet. Watch me. And you may not be where you want to be, but you can thank God that you're not where you used to be. Baby, I'm wiser. I'm better. I'm stronger. I pray more. I fast more. I give more. I serve better. I... Somebody say this. Say, I'm better. But your false expectations will have you looking at other people's posts thinking something is wrong with your reality not realizing you got a pose to post so in Joshua 1 here it is I want to warn this whole section over here um, the mic might leave my hand you're alright stay over there no I'm just messing I'm just joking this word is going to be so good. Touching everything is going to be so good for you. Now, I need your expectation to get there because when it happens, you don't have time for a delayed response. Just like some of you are about to see some things happen over these next three days, and there's no time for a delayed response. You don't have time to sit there and say, let me think about it. Boo! You've been praying for this. You better get up and go make it happen. Let me pray about it. Get up and go make it happen. So before I even read you the verse, I need you to put a praise in expectation about what's about to come forth. Go. Let's go. In Joshua chapter 1, Moses dies. Moses is Joshua's leader. And in Joshua chapter 1, Moses dies. And when he dies, Joshua is now thrust forward as the new leader. Check this out. Because he was faithful to Moses, you got to be careful who you're unfaithful to. You got to be careful, watch this, that you don't trade the Bentley trying to go, y'all let go sit down. I'm not saying be materialistic, I'm just trying to give you a juxtaposition in your mind. Don't trade the Bentley for the bike, y'all ain't saying nothing. Now I'm wrong with a bike, I'm just not trying to get you to be materialistic, I'm just trying to get you to juxtapose the two. Check this out. Because Moses was faithful, or excuse me, because Joshua was faithful, his house was next. So when Moses steps off the stage, God says, well, who been faithful? Come here, Joshua. I'm moving somebody out of the way, and I'm about to put you. 
I ain't even got to the good part yet. But for some of you, I'm so glad you've been faithful because you're about to replace somebody else. I'm so glad you've been faithful because one that's being moved out of the way, you're getting ready to be brought up to the table and you're going from the tail to the head, from the back to the front, from omega to alpha, from the bottom to the top. Say yes, Lord. And look at what God tells him in Joshua 1.7. I'm almost to the good part. In Joshua 1.7. You ready? I said in Joshua 1.7. You ready? I said in Joshua 1.7. You ready? Look at what he says. He says, only be strong. He says, he says Josh, he says, listen to me. He says, what you're going to face is going to make you weak. And you're often going to feel incompetent, inept, underprepared, unlearned, not good enough. Because what you're about to do, Joshua, you ain't seen nobody do. I'm going to preach good to myself if you ain't going to say nothing to me. What you're about to do, your mama didn't do it. Your daddy didn't do it. Your granddaddy didn't do it. Your grandmama didn't do it. Because when you were born, the curse breaker was born. When you were born, the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline was born. So Joshua, what you face is going to seemingly make you weak. So I need you to be strong. Lay your hands on yourself. Say your first name and say, be strong. Then he said, I need you to be not just courageous. I need you to be very courageous. In other words, he says, I need you to have a boldness about you. That even when you look at yourself, you're like, did I do that? Did I say that? You know the problem with most saints is that you're bold about the wrong stuff. You're bold about fighting one another, not fighting the enemy. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You're bold about getting an attitude with your past and not getting an attitude with your past. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You're bold about the wrong thing, but lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm very courageous. I ain't got to the good part yet. It's coming. Watch me. Watch me. He says, Joshua, I'm warning you what you're going to face. So you don't have false expectations. He says, I need you to know you're going to face some stuff that is very discouraging. So I need you to be very courageous. You're going to face some stuff that makes you weak. So I need you to be strong. I'm telling you what to expect. So here's my promise, but this is your process. Y'all still here? Watch the next part. I ain't got to the good part yet. Being careful. To do all according to the law, Moses commanded you. Stop. Why does he say be careful? Because what I've discovered as a pastor is when most people are in a test, they don't even know it. What I've discovered leading people for all these years is that what most people don't realize is when they are in the middle of a test. And so consequently, they forget what they need to know when they need it most. Planes crash because under pressure, pilots forget their training. See, they know they were supposed to pull up, but instead they turned the dial. Y'all ain't saying them. They know that they weren't supposed to panic, but they panic. And I pray that, watch this, for the remaining three days of this year and for all of 2020, that you don't forget what you've been taught. Come on. That you don't forget this word you've been taught. I pray you're not in a test and fail it because you don't feel like you're in one. Somebody say, Lord, cause me to remember. He says, according to all the law, Moses commanded you, stop. Let me tell you the next part that where many Christians mess up. 
you treat the word as suggestions. I suggest you forgive. I suggest you give. I suggest you serve. I suggest you be on time. Y'all ain't talking to me. I suggest you have a good attitude. I suggest that you, I suggest you give me praise. I suggest you, and God ain't never made no suggestion because a boss don't make suggestions. They give directives. Come here. A boss gives commandments, which means this is what you're going to do. If you do this, then I got this for you. Now you can get with this or you can get with that, but you need to get with this because this is where it's at. He said, Mo, he said, Joshua, don't treat what Moses told you like it's a suggestion. If Moses say move to the left, you better, why are you still over here? If Moses say jump, you better get your air join zone and jump. Crisscross will make you jump. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He says, here's, here's the problem with you Israelites. Here's what God's telling Joshua. Is y'all think what I say are suggestions. Which is why I'm a, watch this, which is why I just killed the whole generation off. Because they took what I said as suggestions. So everybody over a certain age had to die before y'all could go into the promised land. Can I tell some of y'all what God has been letting happen in your life? He's been letting some things die so that you will stop seeing his word as suggestions and you will see it as commandments. He says, don't turn from it. Lay your hands on yourself and say, don't turn from it. He says, don't turn from it. To, to do what? To do it your way. It's amazing to watch people make progress and then default to their way when they way ain't never worked before. It's like how you do right and see progress and then in the middle of a test you didn't even know you were in, go do it your way and then expect to win. I wish you'd be honest with yourself because some of your neighbor's facial expressions are telling on them. Would you just touch somebody on the shoulder and say, come on, let's go, let's go. He says, don't turn to the right hand or to the left hand. Do it with me. Come on. Don't turn to the... Don't turn to the... Uh-huh. Because if you turn to the right, you'll just turn around. You turn to the left, you'll just turn around. He said, Joshua, I need somebody that won't turn around, but that will keep going even in the midst of suffering. I just need to check the room. Is that you? I'm going to ask one more again just to give you an opportunity to actually give God an answer he'll receive. Is that you? What does it mean, turn to the right hand and left hand? You ever seen on TV where they put the devil, God on one side and the devil on one side? Now, first off, just you know, that's not Bible. But you ever seen that? Okay, so, so what does that mean? I'm listening to somebody over here that ain't what, jo what Moses said. They're going to get me to turn over here, which is going to take me in a circle. I'm listening to somebody here, and the sad part is most of them got your blood. Mm. I'm listening to somebody over here who got me turning around over here. And God's only instruction to Joshua was, what did Moses say to do? Because what is Moses giving you? The word. What is the left hand doing? Opinion. What is the right hand doing? Opinion. Because they can't quote a Bible verse, so they have to tell you, I feel. I don't know why I'm spending time here, but apparently somebody pulling on me. I feel this. I think this. The way I see it. Boo. Didn't nobody ask you how you see it. You can't see right know how. 
that you may have good success, which means, which means, which means, watch me, I'm almost to the good verse. Say good success. Which means you can have success and it not be good. What is good success? When, when, when we are in alignment with God. See, you can actually succeed and it not be good, which means eventually what's in your hand will be turned over to the righteous. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. See, so sometimes you look at people and say, they don't believe in God. They don't serve God. And look at what they got. They holding it for me. Touch your neighbor say, they just holding it for you. Ooh, because when he turns it around, thank you for building me an empire so all I had to do was come in. Lucis ain't the only lion. Come on in here. Touch your neighbor say, they just holding it for you. Can I give you a verse that's only applicable to today? Oh, no, you don't want it. Can I give you one verse that's only applicable to today? All right, all right, all right let me show you this. Let me show you this. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. What are you focused on throughout the day? What are you focused on throughout the night? Guys, this is why you have the word on YouTube and Facebook and our podcast. Because if you're not meditating on the word when you're in a test, you won't take the right steps. You got it? So you can be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have a good success. Let's go to the next verse. You ready for the next verse? Have I not commanded you? Here it is another time. Be what? Strong and what? Courageous. Do not be what? Frightened. And do not be what? Dismayed. That means stressed. Uh, stressed. For the Lord your God is Emmanuel. He's with you wherever you go. Y'all ready for the line that's going to shout you? You sure? Verse 10 and verse 11 are the two that are going to shout you. And then I got to immediately get back to the regular scheduled message. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people. Watch. Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. Prepare your, your provisions. Because in three days, you passing over. Y'all evidently don't know when to shout. Say in three days, I'm passing over. Say I'm passing over. But wait, but wait, but wait, but wait, 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 wait. Say where am I going? You're gonna pass over this Jordan and take possession. of the land, of the life, of the opportunity uh, that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Just for those of you that can read the Bible and believe that this applies to you, say in three days I'm taking over. I need you to put a praise in this atmosphere. Like in three days you crossing over some stuff, crossing over depression. Crossing over of discouragement. Crop. Shout yes, Lord. Some of y'all are sitting next to the wrong people. Because some of y'all ain't got no praise coming off your row at all. If you can't praise it for yourself, can you praise it for somebody else on your row? Say, I'm getting ready to take over. 
No wait. No wait. No wait. For 40 years, for 40 years, they talked about it. For 40 years, they put it on the screen and prayed about it. For 40 years, they told other people how it was going to happen. And then watch this. All of a sudden, God says to Joshua, and I'm going to explain to you why that's, okay, can I just jump there now? No, let me lay it out. Let me, let me feed it to you. For 40 years, say 40 years. For 40 years, they walked around the same mountain. Then all of a sudden, say all of a sudden, God said, okay, I've had enough of that. In three days, you go into the promised land. And in three days, what I've been telling you I was going to do, you're going to be there. This is just for those of you where when I said that, something on the inside of you, I just need you to give God your most ridiculous praise for the next three seconds. Go. some of the people on your row in three days. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me get back to the message. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward. Say three days. Let's fast forward. Here we are in Joshua 10. Y'all ready? I got to finish. Here we are in Joshua 10. Say three days. Let's fast forward. Joshua 10 chapter 1. Or Joshua chapter 10 verse 1. Joshua, over the last several chapters, he said, Joshua, in three days, cross over. He says, you're going into the promised land. He says, now, when you go into the promised land, there's going to be some cities for you to take. The first of those cities is Jericho. Second of those cities is Ai. He said, and then, Joshua, when I get to chapter 10, I'm going to give you victory after 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 victory. So by the end of chapter 10, you will have occupied and taken over all of the promised land. He starts up in chapter 1. By the end of chapter 10, it's done. I need some of y'all watch this to, to realize this. Watch this. That, that sense of anxiousness you've been feeling is because it's going to be done very quickly for you. Yeah. So look at Joshua chapter 10, verse 1. Watch this. As soon as Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard... Mm. How Joshua had captured Ai and devoted its, uh, it to destruction, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel, they were among them. Look at me. What ends up happening is that God says, Joshua, you're going to fight some battles, and I'm going to do it for two reasons. One, I want your enemies to hear about you. This is why you need to not be mad when they're talking. When they talk and just say, go and tell them about me. <laughs> you don't know, man. Touch your neighbor. Say, let them talk. Let them talk. He says, because when they hear about you, Joshua, I want them to fear you. I want them to look at you and think you are their utter replacement and you are their end. Because you are the new thing. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm the new thing God is doing. 
He said, the second reason I'm going to do this, Joshua, and you can see it there throughout the text between chapters 1 and chapter 10. He said, I'm going to exalt you in the sight of Israel. He said, I need the people that you lead to see you higher than they see you now. I need your family to see you higher than they see you. I need your friends to see you higher than they see you. I need the people you went to school with to see you higher than they see you. He says, I'm going to exalt you in the sight of Israel. So the word spreads that Joshua is taking them down. Skip to verse 5 for the second time. Then five kings of the Amorites. I'm almost done. The five kings of the Amorites. The Amorites were the last of the giants. I'm going to say it again. They were the last of the giants. I'm going to say it a third time, so hopefully somebody on your row catches it. They were the last of the giants. Which means there's some stuff, watch this, that this is the last time. You're going to deal with that. Say the last of the giants. It says, then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, king of Hebron, king of Jarmuth, king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered their forces and went up with all their armies and encamped against Gibeon and made war against it. So what ends up happening is that there's this group called Gibeon. And Gibeon, they make peace with Joshua because they hear that Joshua is taking them down. So Gibeon says, we ain't fighting him. We want to partner with him. Mm. There are certain people that were your enemies in 2019. There are certain things that were obstacles in 2019. Watch me. In 2020, they're going to partner with you. Because they're going to realize, I never should have messed with you in the first place. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. You know God is with you when your enemies unite to try to stop you. People that don't even like one another get together because the one thing they do have in common is that they don't like you. That's how you know God is with you. When folk that can't even stand one another come to meet about you. Somebody say, I know the Lord is with me. Can I go further? Let's skip to verse 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, don't fear them. I've given them into your hands. Not a man of them is going to stand before you. In other words, Joshua, you're still going to have to fight but I got you. For my entrepreneurs, you still going to have to negotiate, but I got you. For those curse breakers in the room, you still going to have to have a conversation with them, but I got you. Look at me. Verse 9. So Joshua came upon them. This, this Bible is so good to me. <clears throat> so Joshua came upon them suddenly. This is why I got you started for 2020. In December, because you're gonna walk up on 2020 like, y'all ain't said nothing to me. You're gonna come into 2020 with a sprint. Somebody holler suddenly. I just heard this from the spirit. I don't know who this is for. You've been negotiating that contract for several months and it's not going anywhere. You're going to see it suddenly over these next three days where that contract's going to turn in your favor and you're going to be a praise report. Let me move. He marched up how long? All night. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you're going to have to pull some all-nighters. See, see, listen to me. Listen to me. For what 2020 is going to be for you? Listen, for what 2020 is going to be for you? There's going to be some stuff you ain't going to be able to get done with just an hour tomorrow night on prayer. There's going to be some stuff you're going to have to pull an all-nighter. And I need you not to be too proud to be up all night. I don't think you're catching what I'm saying. I don't think you're catching what I'm saying. 
there are certain things. You remember in school, and, and, and you had the test, and you knew it was a big test that you couldn't fail, so you stayed up all night to get ready for the test. Touch your neighbor, say, all night long. Stop right there. Don't go no further in that song. God says, listen, if I wake you up, don't go back to sleep. I need you to start walking your flow. Talking about, this is the year of victory for me. This is the day of victory for me. All things work together for my good. If he wakes you up, don't you go back to sleep. Watch me. Can I finish this? Can I finish it? Verse 10. And the Lord, I love this Bible. And the Lord threw them into a panic. <laughs> and the Lord threw their enemies into a panic. Before Israel, y'all still here? Who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon and chased them by the way of the ascent to Beth Haram and struck them as far as Azekah and Machedah. Stop. When we do what we can, God will do what we can. God says, listen, I'm going to make this easy for you, Joshua. I'm going to throw them into a panic. In other words, I'm going to throw them into a frenzy. I'm going to have them so scattered that when you come on them suddenly, you'll be able to win swiftly. Let, let, let me move. Let me move. Verse 11. And as they fled before Israel. Now, remember, who started this fight? Their enemies did. Who running? Their enemies. Someone said, I'm not running anymore. I rebuke you running because stuff gets difficult. I rebuke you running because stuff is uncomfortable. I rebuke you running because you didn't get to have your way. It's about time you stood flat-footed and told the enemy, I'm like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Say it. I shall not be moved. Say it again. I shall not be moved. Look, y'all ready? <laughs> the Lord, watch this, as they were running, I love God. You don't love him? As they're running, the Lord is like, oh, you ain't getting away. See, this is why you don't have to worry about vengeance. God got you. As they're running, I love this Bible. As they're running, this stuff going to get all on me. Catch this. As they're running... The Lord is like, oh, you ain't getting away from him. Uh-uh. Like, you've been messing with Joshua all this time. You've been starting stuff with him all this time. You've been discouraging him all 2019. The Lord was like, you ain't leaving. The Lord threw a hailstone at him. It was like, hey, hey, move, move. It was like spiritual dodgeball. And God was throwing him. Watch me. Say large stones. In other words, God was like, I'm not letting you get away. Touch your neighbor and say, don't get even. Say, God saw it. Ooh, I don't know who this is for. Touch somebody next to you. Say, don't clap back. Say, God's going to clap for you. All right, watch me. Watch. <laughs> the Lord threw down large stones from heaven. As far as Azekah, and they died. Didn't they die? <laughs> there were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Verse 12, I got to finish it. At that time, Joshua, here's where the Bible gets for real, for real, extra good. 
at that time, somebody say right now. Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the son of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, watch me, son, stand still. Where did Joshua get the idea that he could tell the son not to move? Because God was making all things new. Joshua never saw anybody do it. But Joshua was very strong and very courageous. So even though he didn't see anybody do it, he figured, I'm going to be the first to do it. I need you to be okay being the first. I need you to be okay not having a path that's been carved for you. Come here. I need you to be okay being a pioneer. I need you to be okay creating a new way to get it done. He says, sun stand still at Gibeon. I got to finish this. Sun stand still at Gibeon and moon from the valley of Agilon. Verse 13. And the sun said, okay. And the moon stopped. Until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set a foot about a whole day. Now you might be saying, Bishop, what does this have to do with me? Let me help you, boo. Let me help you, sir. Let me help you, ma'am. The Bible makes it clear that for a whole day, the sun didn't move which means a day was added to the year. It created what we now call a leap year. 2020 is a leap year. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, which means 2020 is the year of Joshua. I'm about to do stuff I've never seen before. I need you to go crazy right now. I'm about to do stuff I've never seen done. Go places I've never been. Accomplish what I never thought was possible. If you believe that's you, lift your hands and worship God. Twenty twenty is the year of Joshua. Twenty twenty happens every four years. Twenty twenty is the year of Joshua. Joshua never saw this done before until him. In fact, put up, put up for me real quick, real quick, put up verse uh, 14, verse 14, put up verse 14 for me. There hadn't been a day before it or since, lay your hands on yourself, say, until me. Here it is. I, I got to quit. I'm out of time. <laughs> verse 22. So the Lord kills the soldiers. He throws hell at them. <laughs> I feel sorry for who about to catch hell for the hell they put you through. 
But the kings escape. Let's be clear. When I say who, an enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress. A person, place, thing, or idea. So when we're talking about enemies, that's what we're talking about. So it means an enemy could be a thought. So don't just think about people here. An enemy could be your enemy. And the Lord about to throw some stones at some of your thoughts. You catch the point? I said, you catch the point? But the kings ran away. You know, there's something about a... No, don't say that. I'll say it for the Levitin. There's something about a punk. They talk a lot until they have to face you. And they have nothing to say. Then Joshua said, so they ran into this cave. And they're like, we're going to hide in the cave. Joshua said, open the cave. Bring out those five kings from the cave. Now, check this out, guys. It would have been easy to avoid them since they weren't in public sight. Look at me. There's things you have avoided because it's out of sight, so it's out of mind. Touch your neighbor. Here's the message. Say, kill the kings. You have avoided it. I finally got to the message. <laughs> you have avoided it because it's not in front of you. But 2020 is the year of Joshua. It's the year Joshua said, don't move, son. And the son was like, watch me. Watch me. You ready? Said, y'all ready? Verse 26. Afterward, Joshua struck them. Put them to death. Hang them on five trees. And he hung them to the evening. Someone say they died. They died. Here's the five key, uh, the five kings. I gotta give them to you real quick. First one, Adonajet, uh, Adonazet, excuse me. His name is righteous. Here's what it means. Here's what you gotta do. You gotta be faithful even if you fail. I rebuke you running because you made a mistake. I rebuke you running because you had a sin. I rebuke you running because you messed up. Somebody say, I'm faithful even if I fail. Here's the second king. His name is Hoham. His name means when God compels to do something. What does that mean? Serving well. Here's, here's what I'm committed to. I'm serving well. You ain't why I started. You ain't going to be why I stopped. I do right because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. That just is what it is. Somebody say, I'm serving well. Here's the third king, Piram. His name means, by definition, like a wild ass. What does that mean? I'm staying in order. An ass means to get out of order, to buck order. Touch, a, touch yourself. Say, stay in order. See, he had to kill these things. He had to kill the desire not to be faithful when he fell. He had to kill the desire not to serve well. He had to kill the desire to act like an ass. This is, this is Bible. I'm not cussing. Ass. Donkey. Fourth king, Japhia. It means to radiate. In other words, check this out. Say, I'm inviting others. Your light is not just for this building. Your light is for outside of this building. Hear me, my online people. Your light is not just for the people you chatting with. Talking about, Ooh, that's a word. Say it. And that's good. Your light for the people that you walked past to watch the stream that you could have invited to be on the stream. Here's the fifth king, Debir. His, his name 
means word, which means what am I doing? I'm staying in the word. Because what I'm facing is going to try to pull me from the word into worry. Somebody say, I'm not doing that. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.